Hey-ho, hey-ho, coming at you live from the babe capital of the world, the beautiful Madison, Mississippi, a.k.a. Duh Bricks. Welcome to Son of a Pitch, my dudes and babes of the world. I'm Stanford Reed Parks, the giver of all laps, the king of all strikeouts, the lord of Dinger City, and the father of of the three giant yingding eagles. I once yacked on a babe after a walk-off home run for my people. I once wore boxers outside my pants while drinking strawberries and pure humiliation for my people. So bend the knee and claim me as your rightful king of all the seven podcast kingdoms. That's right. Boom, boom, boom. It's Game of Thrones. It's finally here, which now means, hey, our next our next couple, our next two months, it's going to be all Game of Thrones based, or most of it will be, and I cannot wait. It's finally here, the last season. I know everybody's excited, right? What a weekend it was. What another solid weekend it was. Dogs take two or three from Tennessee on the road. Hey, go on the road and you win that series, that's good. Road series are big. They're hard to come by no matter who you're playing. So we'll take that no matter what. T-Sun with a big sweep over the Florida Gators. Big time, big time performance out in Ox Nasty, Mississippi this past weekend for the Black Bears, the Rebels, the Land Sharks, wherever you want to call yourself these days. Big time performance for y'all. Hey, shout out to my man Sky for uh, grilling. For having the grill down for the games this past weekend. We got to grill some burgers, drink some cold ying dings, and watch the dogs. And shout out to my man Dave. My man Big Dave gave me some solid advice on life. And I appreciate that, my man. Alright. I don't want to waste y'all's time, so let's get right into it. But hey, before I go into our first segment, let me of course give you my man Salty Mike's Salty's free swag tip of the week. Brought to you by Ying Ding. America's oldest brewery. Respect. It's earned. All right. So Salty's swag tip of the week. He actually has two this week. He actually has two. You're in luck. Bonus. Just because it's Game of Thrones week. Swag tip of the week. Number one. Dedicate a day of the week for swag. You got to dedicate a day day of the week for swag. Because we all know swag ain't free. So one day of the week, you need to go out there and you need to treat yourself to make your swag increase, to make it get better, just like my man Salty does, at least once a week. That's why he looks good. That's why he's got the most swag I ever met. All right, so let me tell you a story real quick about my man Salty. Last Sunday, last Sunday, he went, he went down. He was going on his swag trip. He was going on his swag trip down the beach, down the coast, and he, you know, he found a good store. It's 30% off, 30% off, 30% off swag. So, hey, he goes, gets him a good-looking shirt, 30% off, boom, boom, boom. Then he heads home. Then he heads home, and his fiance, the beautiful Miss Caitlin, comes up and says, Hey, hey, Salty, um, we got to do our engagement pictures on the beach. Salty looks around, and, well, he didn't have a good shirt for the beach. So what does he do? He goes back to the store, buys another shirt, goes, Oh, this is perfect for the beach, goes... Buys another shirt, goes to the register, and he's thinking it's going to be 30% off. He's thinking it's going to be 30% off, but the clerk says, um, 
This shirt actually isn't 30% off. It's not part of the others. So what does my man Salty Mike do? He just reaches in the back pocket, brings out the credit card, and that brings me to my his next swag tip, which is never get turned down at the cash register because we all know swag ain't free. All right, let's go to our first segment. First segment on the Game of Thrones edition. Let's go to June is Coming. That's the name of our first segment today. June is Coming, which is where I'm going to get tell you what you need to know in order to prepare yourselves for the month of June, the biggest month of the year. And hey, y'all, it's right around the corner. And I luckily, y'all have y'all's king here to get y'all prepared for the biggest month. So let me tell y'all what y'all need to look for this week. And it, and it starts with this Sunday. This Sunday is the biggest Sunday of the year. It's bigger than the Super Bowl. It's bigger than Super Bowl Sunday. It's the first Sunday ever, I think, that's bigger than Super Bowl Sunday. I think it is. Let me tell you why. Let me tell you why. First starts with, hey, it's Palm Sunday. Palm Sunday is this is this upcoming Sunday. So y'all be sure to go. Y'all be sure to go. Go to church. Show some love to the big guy in the sky. Y'all know what to do. We all know Palm Sunday. My man, my man Jesus rode into Jerusalem. As the Savior and the King rode in on a donkey and all the hundreds of the faithful, you know, put down their palm branches and gave them the royal treatment. So y'all be, that's one reason why it's bigger than Super Bowl Sunday. Another reason, hey, we got, we got the dogs in Bama. Dogs in Bama, big, big time game. Game three. We're going to need that for the sweep. We'll need it. And we need a sweep this weekend. We need a sweep. Then we got... It's the Masters. It's Masters Week. On top of all things, Masters Week, Super Bulldog Weekend, holy cow, and Game of Thrones this Sunday. So we got Masters Sunday and Game of Thrones this Sunday. Dogs are playing Bama this Sunday. And not, I don't know if y'all have seen the show God Friended Me, but I'm a big fan of it. And this season finale is also this Sunday. So y'all make plans because this Sunday is bigger than you think. Alright, let's keep her moving. Next segment. Next segment I have for y'all on this beautiful day. We have a segment I like to call The Crown and the Faith. That's right, The Crown and the Faith. Where this is all, hey, it's all about chasing the SEC hit crown. Which my man, Mr. Furness of LSU still has. Still has that lead at 352 hits. He owns the crown with 352 hits. And then we have the faith. Then we have the faith in Mr. Duplantis, who has 309 career hits. And also part of that faith is the mayor himself, Bangum Mangum, now with 339 career hits. Now the Mississippi State all-time career hits leader. Shout out to my man, Jake. You've done amazing things. I couldn't, hey, I couldn't imagine to a better guy, so... Really proud of you, my man. But hey, the thing about this, think about this. It was a, I think Jake was only up by seven hits going into the season. And now he's up by 30. Woo! I tell you what, to plant this seed in you, you need you need catch on up, my friend. You need to get the faith rolling if you want to get this crown. Because I think my man Mangum is all of a sudden got his eyes on the crown. And he wants to be claimed king. He wants to be claimed the hit king. 
What are you going to do about to plant the seed in you? You need to do something. You need to do something. And you, you better do it quick. You better do it quick. So, hey, that's that segment for y'all. All right, let's keep her moving. Next segment I have for y'all today is no other than Thrones Talk, where I'm simply just going to blab about the Game of Thrones on the previous episode and what happened and what you need to know. Which brings me to today, I'm going to tell you the top 10 best characters of all time on the show. Of all the seasons, I'm going to tell you the top 10 best characters. Y'all probably think, oh, no, I know the top 10 best characters. No, you don't. You don't. You don't at all. Because I do it, and I'm going to enlighten you on the top 10. So here we go. Coming in at number 10. Coming in at number 10, we have Egret. The Egret babe, the redhead babe, the wildling babe, the Mr. Jon Snow lost his virginity to. I mean, this girl was a badass. She was a hot redhead babe. She knew she was awesome with a bow and arrow. And she gave John, she gave Mr. Snow a different perspective on the wildlings and all the uh, people north of the wall. So that's 10. Coming in at number nine, we have no other than our man Sam. We gotta go to Sam here. I mean, he's an A-plus guy. Yeah, he's a little bit of a loser. He's kind of a wimp. Can't really protect himself. Even though, hey, he did kill a uh, White Walker. He did do that, but he is kind of a wimp. But, hey, dude's just an awesome dude. I bet he's the best friend you could ever ask for. It's just something about having the name Sam. You know, I mean, think about Lord of the Rings. You had Sam protecting old Frodo the whole time. Everybody loved Sam then. He's an A-plus guy just doing whatever it took to protect Frodo. Then I, my best friend of all time, his name is Sam Clayton. I, just the same, a best best friend you could ever ask for. So that's nine, Mr. Sam, coming in at number eight. We, coming in at eight, which y'all might be a little, y'all probably won't like this, but I have Miss Cersei. That's right, Cersei Lannister comes in at eight. I know you're thinking, whoa, 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 why the heck do you have on our list? Look, she's pretty freaking awesome. When she blows up the sept. When she blows up that whole town, the whole sept, oh, I was full. I was fully torqued. That was incredible when she did that. Absolutely incredible. And what she says goes. If she wants you dead, you'll be dead. That's why I have her on my list because she's awesome. She is totally awesome. Now let's go to seven, where we have Bron a Blackwater. Yep, that's right, Mister Bron. He's a great dude, funny, he's a badass fighter, he's got a great sense of humor. I love the guy. I love every time uh, he pops up on the show, I'm like, oh, there's my man, Bron. Let's go have a ding. Let's go drink a ying ding, my man. Coming in at six. Coming in at six is Mr. Jon Snow. That's right, number six is Jon Snow. I know you're thinking, whoa, six? That's way too low. He should be at least top three. No, y'all are wrong. You're wrong yet again. Yeah, John's awesome, dude. He's a really awesome dude. I mean, he died once for his people. He died once and then brought him back to life. He's an awesome dude. Everybody loves him. He does what it takes to win. He knows what it's like. He can get nobody can really get mad at this guy. You know, he's just got a good personality. Everybody's like, okay, I like him. I like him a lot. So that's why he's coming in at six. And hey, then he's also ba- he bangs Dragon Babe. He paints the dragon, babe, which is incredible. Everybody wants to do that. If you're a dude right now listening, raise your hand if you want to bang the dragon, babe. All right, now tell me if you raise your hand. 
Yeah, which is probably every single one of y'all. I know y'all just raise your hand. So Jon Snow coming in at six. Now time for the top five. Let's go to five. We got Lady Olena, the Queen of Thorns. I, you're thinking, wow, how is she in your top ten? Look, she is a total badass. I love everything she does. She, everything she, she knows what to say to shut everyone up, just like my man Waldrop told me. She's awesome. And the way she went out, Y'all remember how she went out when she, uh, when she told she told Jamie, yeah, it was actually me who killed your punk son Joffrey. Boom. So that's why we have Lady Olena, the Queen of Thorns, at number five. Then let's go to number four, where we have the Night King. That's right, the Night King comes in at number four. Look, he's an awesome dude. Every time you see him come on the show, you get pumped. You're like, uh oh, here we go. Let's get rolling, baby. The dude can fight anybody. He now has a dragon that he can freaking ride. I mean, watch out. The Night King is a badass, and that's why he's at number four. Number three. Number three is the Dragon Babe. Number three is the Dragon Babe, Daenerys Tardegan. Oh, Miss Khaleesi, the Dragon Babe herself. I mean, she's smoking hot. That's why she's right here. That's why she's at three, the Dragon Babe. We all know the scene. We all, I know the scene you're thinking about. Yes, it's the scene where she comes out of the fire naked and oh my gosh. Woo-wee! The hottest thing, the hottest thing I've ever seen on a TV show in my whole entire life. Goodness gracious, great balls of fire. Holy cow, dragon babe. That's why she's at number three. Now let's go to number two. Number two, we have Tyrone Lannister. Yep, that's right. Our favorite dwarf friend. Our man, the coolest dude, probably the coolest dude on the show. You got to think that. He's the coolest. I mean, all he does is drink and he knows things. I mean, what's cooler than that? And he knows a lot of things. And he's honestly probably like the smartest dude on the show. I would say he probably is. And he's got the best sense of humor. I mean, he just knows when to lie. He knows how to get people. My man, Tyrone Lannister, coming in at number two. Just an awesome dude. Which brings us to number one. The baddest bitch of them all. That's right. We're talking about Miss Arya Stark. Coming in at number one. She's easily the best character on the show. I mean, all she did is just seek out revenge for her family's death. She made a list and she just keeps taking them out. Left and right. Left and right. And honestly, I can't wait till she takes out Cersei. I can't wait. Because you know it's probably going to happen. She's up there on the list. So that's my top ten. Let's go over it. Coming in at ten is Egret. At nine, Sam. Eight, Cersei. Seven, Bronn of Blackwater. Six, Jon Snow. Five, Lady Olena. Four, the Night King himself. Three, Dragon Babe, Miss Khaleesi. Two, our favorite dwarf friend at number two. And then at one, the baddest bitch of them all, Miss Aya Stock. Da-da-da-da. Man, this just gets me too pumped. All right, next segment. Next segment I have for y'all today. We got the West Rose Weekend Recap. Time for me to go over last week's picks, last week's games, what happened off the field, what happened on the field. So let's get right to it. Let's start with on the field. We had, we had Georgia taking on Vandy in a huge series. I said Vandy was going to take two or three, but hey, Georgia ends up taking two or three. I missed that one. I'm telling y'all, I told y'all Georgia was good. I told y'all at the beginning of the year, they're good. And hey, they're proving it right now. 
Next, we had Kentucky at Missouri. I said Missouri would take two or three, which they did. Spot on. Go Stan. Then we had Florida taking on T-Sun in Oxnasty, Mississippi. I said T-Sun would take two or three. I said T-Sun would take two or three, and they end up sweeping them. The freaking Rebels end up sweeping them, putting up 49, what, 40 runs, 49 hits, something crazy, just making Florida's pitches have to look like fools. So big time, big time sweep for the Rebs. Then we had A&M at LSU, huge series, big time series in the West. I said LSU would take two or three, which they did. It was a great series. LSU took two or three from the Aggies. Then I said we had Bama versus the Cox of South Carolina. I said South Carolina would take two or three. I was wrong. Bama came to play, and they sneaked two or three from South Carolina. And they're coming into Starkville this weekend, so it sounds like they got a little momentum. They're playing with a little bit of swagger. So we need our dudes fully, fully thinking about the Tide, not trying to overlook them, because it's a big weekend. Big weekend. It's a big-time series win for Bama this past weekend. Then we had... Arkansas at Auburn, and I said the Hogs would take two or three, which they did, which they did. They go on the road and take two or three from a good Auburn squad, a good Auburn squad. Arkansas is a little better than I'm thinking. I'm still not sure about some things, but a team can hit. They got a few pitchers here and there. They're a good club. Big time win for the Hogs. Then last, I said the Dogs would sweep Tennessee, which they took two or three. We took the series win. Mangum becomes the all-time hit leader from Mississippi State. Game two was wild. We all we all know that what happened with uh, Plumley. Plumley throwing the ball into the dugout. I mean, I don't really know what to say about that. I mean, the umpire, everybody on the field knew the play was dead. I, I know they didn't give him time, but oh, that's tough to swallow, especially since those are only two runs we allowed, and we end up losing that game two by a score of two to one. Then we bounced back on Sunday and took it to them with a big-time win. So, dogs take two or three, big-time weekend. And now, I didn't get lucky. I know what you're thinking. I bet Stan got lucky. I didn't. I I mean, I had a nice, chill weekend. So, I didn't get lucky. But, hey, I said Rowdy was going to have another home run this weekend. I said Rowdy would have his second home run of the year at Tennessee. He's getting hotter. The ball's starting to get a little bigger. And that happened. So spot on there. So that's Westro's weekend recap, baby. Let's keep her rolling. Let's keep her moving. Next segment I have for y'all today is called Who Sits the Iron Throne? That's right. Who Sits the Iron Throne? Today we're going to rank all 14 SEC teams' weekend rotations, 1 through 14. And I'm going to tell you who's currently sitting on the Iron Throne and currently has the lead over everybody. I'm going to tell you who's the king of the weekend staffs right now. So let's get her rolling. Let's start with number 14, which I have I have South Carolina. I have South Carolina's weekend rotation dead last right now. Kind of shocking. They're, ha- they're having a – it's not a great start so far to the SEC play. I expected better out of them, honestly. I really did. I mean, losing two or three of Bama is tough. It always is. They have the Cox have Mister. They have Reed Morgan. He's three one. Got two six ERA. Then they got Daniel Lloyd, who has an eight point eight two ERA, and opponents are batting three oh four off him. And also that Reed Morgan I mentioned just a second. Opponents are batting two seventy five. Then they have their 
last guy is TJ Shook. He's probably, honestly, I think maybe one of their best pitchers. And eh, maybe not. He's 2-1 and one on the year. Opponents are batting 220 all of him. So the Cox would come in at number 14. Then we go to 13. This is where I have the Cats of Kentucky and Mr. Mingione. I mean, they have they have a Ramsey for Kentucky has a 6.9 ERA. Then they have Dylan Marsh who has a 6.75 ERA. I mean, those are so high. They do have one stud though. Zach Thompson, their Friday night guy, is an absolute stud. He has a 1.99 ERA. Opponents are batting just 189 off him. He has 74 Ks. I mean, the dude's the dude's been throwing lights out. Gives the Cats a chance to win every single Friday night. So we have Kentucky coming in at 13. Going on to 12. 12, we have the Alabama Crimson Tides pitching staff. Yeah, they're right. You're right. Bottom of the West. And they come in at number 12 in the rankings for the weekend rotations. They have, Sam Fennery is not that bad. He's a pretty good pitcher. He's not too bad. He might give us a little trouble on Friday night this weekend, but I still think our bats will be able to hit him. We've seen better pitchers than him. It's nothing we haven't seen. They also got Brock Love and Will Freeman. These guys are got a 3.62 ERA and 4.09, respectively. And opponents are batting around the 230s and 260s against these guys. That's why Bama's coming in at number 12. Then we go to number 11. Number 11, which is a huge shocker. I never thought I would say this. Number 11, I have the Florida Gators. That's right. The pitching staff, the weekend rotation of the Florida Gators coming in number 11 on who sits the Iron Throne. I mean, they've just been getting hit hard. Been getting rocked hard. They got Tommy Mays, who is supposed to be his... Well, I mean, all of these guys are... I just don't get how they're not doing so good. You got Tommy Mays, he's 5-3, got a 4.26 ERA. Tyler Dyson's got a 4.79 ERA. Then Jack Lefwich got a 4.50 ERA, and opponents are batting 326 off him. Woo-wee! Come on, O'Sullivan. Time to get it together. So that's why we have Florida coming in at 11. Then we go to 10, which I have the Auburn Tigers. Auburn's pitching staff, or weekend rotation, coming in at number 10. They, they have Tanner Burns. Tanner Burns a Friday night guy. We spoke about him podcast ago he's really good solid guy he's got 69 k's <laughs> 69 that's never not funny and opponents are batting 1.69 off him double not funny shout out to tanner burns you might want to keep those stats right where they're at he's also 4-0 on the year with a 1.770 or a then their staff goes to they got carson skipper is also on that weekend rotation he's got a 7.16 era and opponents are batting 308 i just don't know that's why we have auburn kind of low down to number 10 Coming in at number nine, which is pretty shocking. We have the T-Sun Rebels coming in at nine. They're coming in at nine. They have Will Etheridge, who has been lights out for them. Lights out. Opponents are batting 254 off him, but he's 4-2 at the 2.12 ERA, which is crazy. He's got 27 Ks to just eight walks. Or 15 walks, my bad. My apologies. Then they got a couple freshmen with uh, Doug Nikasi and Gunnar Hogland. Both these guys could come along and could be really good. Uh, opponents are batting 297 off Hogland. But, hey, ever since they put him in the rotation, things seem to be going well. Him and Nikatsi together. I mean, they've been playing pretty good baseball. Their staff's been playing pretty well. And, honestly, it's their defense. They've had so many under and runs just for so many errors from the Rebs. 
So let's, uh, we got T-Stone coming in at nine. Let's go to eight. Number eight, we had the Tennessee Volunteers, who we just got done see playing. Hey, they, they got a great staff. They got a great week in rotation. Garrett Stallings was solid. He's five and two with a 2.19 ERA. Then they got Zach Lingenfelter. Lingenfelter, Rowan Gardner. He's five and three, 3.45 ERA. But opponents are just batting 196 off him. And then their uh, Sunday guy was Will Neely. He wasn't as great. Opponents are batting 291. He's got a over six ERA. But those first two guys are studs. They're pretty good. Usually those games are going to be a little low scoring. So let's go to number seven, which I have the Arkansas Razorbacks, the Hogs. Woo! Pick suey. They got Isaiah Campbell, who I swear has been there for 15 years. He's 6-0 on the year with a 2.29 ERA. He's got 59 Ks. Opponents are just batting 211 off them. They got Connor, Connor Nolan. And they got Cody Scroggins, who's 2-0, 3.13 ERA. And opponents are just batting 205 off them. That staff's getting better. I thought at the beginning of the year I didn't think their staff would be as good as it is right now. I still don't think it would be as good if their old pitching coach, Coach Johnson, I believe, who went to the Twins, if he was still in Arkansas, I think these guys would be a little better. So that's why I have Arkansas at seven. And number six, listen to this. Surprising. Surprising coming in at number six, we have the Missouri Tigers. That's right, Mizzou. We don't know why they're in the SEC, but they have a pretty dang good rotation. Definitely the best part about their team. They got Jacob Candleberry is 3-2 with a 2.62 ERA. They got Tyler LaPlante, who's 1-1 one one with a 2.38 ERA. And they got TJ Sigma, who's 3-2 with a 1.27 ERA. And opponents just batting 209 off him. I mean, this staff's good. They got a good staff that's going to be able to compete in the SEC. So shout out to Mizzou. Y'all coming at number six. Number five. We go down to Red Stick. We go down to Baton Rouge, where we had the Bayou Bengals of LSU. They got Mr. Zach Hess, who can just sling that thing. He's 2-2, two 3.771 two, ERA. They got Cole Henry, and then they got Eric Walker. Both these guys seem to be coming along, pitching a lot better since conference play has started. And it looks like LSU's starting to figure things out offensively and on the mound and defensively. So they're coming in good. So that's why we got LSU at 5. Then we go to 4, where I have, the Va- I have Vandy here. Vandy here. I know shot. I thought they'd probably be. Honestly, thought at the beginning of the year they'd probably be number one. I thought at this point I'd have them number one, but I have them at four. They got Drake Fellows, number sixty-six. He's he's a huge redhead guy. Been just slinging it there. We remember facing him last year in the supers. He's six and zero with a three point four four ERA. Then they got Patrick Gravy, their next guy, who's five and one on the year with a two point four eight ERA. And then their Sunday guy is Mister. Mr. Rocker, that freshman, I mean, his numbers aren't that great, but he's got the potential to be a stud. And that's why we have Vandy coming in at four. And then number three, I'm sorry, Bulldog fans. I'm sorry, dogs. But I, I have the dogs here. I have the dogs coming in at number three. That's right. I have us at three. I know Ethan Small has been lights out. JT Ginn has been phenomenal. And then, you know, our Sunday guy has been question marks. He has had a ton of question marks. But, hey, I'll tell you what, Peyton Plumley might be the key. I'll tell you what, in a few weeks this, this might change, but right now I have the dogs at three with Ethan Small, who has 79 Ks on the year. Holy smokes, and opponents are just batting 174 off him. Wow. So, yeah, got the dogs coming in at three. Then we got a two. 
Coming in at number two, I got Texas A&M, the Aggies. This staff is solid. That's why they're competing in a high level. They they can pitch the baseball. They got John Coxis, Doxoxis, whatever you say his name. He's three and two with a two point oh three ERA. Then they got Asa Lacy, who's six and zero with a one point three zero ERA. Then they got Christian Ray, who's two and one with a two point six six ERA. I mean that. I mean that's a solid staff, top to bottom. That is incredible. That is a great rotation. It's going to win you a lot of ba- a lot of ball games. No doubt about that. And then hey, let's move to number one. Who's left? Who do I have sitting in the Iron Throne? And that's right. It's the Georgia Bulldogs rotation. I told y'all I was high on them from the beginning of the year, and the rotation is proving me right right now. They have Emerson Hancock, who's 6-1. Listen to this. 6-1 with a 1.02 ERA. Holy smokes. And opponents are batting just 139 off them. Then they got C.J. Smith, who's 3-1 with a 2.51 ERA, and opponents are batting 179. 179. Then they got Tony Losey, who's 5-0 on the year with an ERA of 2.18. And opponents are batting 1.142 off them. Batting 142 off them. So all three starters, uh, the opponents are batting less than 200 off them. That's incredible. That's why they sit the Iron Throne. The Georgia Bulldogs currently sitting the Iron Throne of the weekend stats. Let's go over the rankings one more time. We got 14. We got the Cox. 13. Kentucky. 12. Bama. 11. Florida. 10, Auburn, 9, T-Sun, 8, Tennessee, 7, the Hogs of Woo Pig, 6, we got Mizzou, good staff, then 5, we got LSU, 4, we have Vandy, 3, the Almighty Dogs, then 2, A&M, and sitting atop the Iron Throne of the weekend rotations, we had the Georgia Bulldogs. Let's keep it rolling. Next segment I have for y'all is called... Lannister always pays his debts. That's right. Time, time for me to give y'all some lock bets coming up this weekend and coming up on Game of Thrones. Hey, let's first start with let's first start with the Masters. I got some. Let me tell you my picks for the Masters this week. Every year I do a huge pool, twenty dollar buy in. There's usually about right around a hundred people, and you got to pick uh, one player from six different tiers. Let me tell you the six winners right now. Tier one, I have Roy McIlroy. Good. Good things are coming from a man, Roy. Tier two, I have Ricky Fowler. Hey, could be his time to finally win a major. Three, I have Tony Fano, or however the heck you say his name. I'm not really sure. Honestly, I just kind of like that last name. So I was like, okay, I'm going to go with him. Number four, I got Charlie Hoffman. I don't know what it is about this guy. I just feel like he's always in the mix at the Masters. So that's why I got coming in my tier four, I got Charlie Hoffman. Tier five, I got J.B. Holmes. I'm just a Holmes guy. I love JB. He just seems like he's a cool guy to go get a brew pop with. You know, classic Ying Ding. Then tier six, I have Mr. Javon Rabula. Honestly, I had, I have no clue who this guy is. He's just my random pick out of tier six. And I feel like, you know, he might make a run. Who knows? Who knows? All right, next. Next, time for some Game of Thrones bets. Time for some Thrones bets. Who's going to rule the throne at the end of the season? I'm going to tell you my pick right now. I have Arya Stark. Arya Stark is my pick to rule the throne. She's at plus 800. Some pretty good value there. So, hey, get on your betting websites right now. Go to Entertainment. Go to Game of Thrones and click Arya Stark plus 800 
to rule the throne. Then I have, next bet is, who will be the first Lannister to die? You got Cersei at minus 150, Jaime at plus 200, and the dwarf, our main man, at plus 250. Hey, look, I'm going Jaime plus 200 here. I'm saying Jamie's going to be the first Lannister to die. I don't know how. I just feel like he is. I don't think it's going to be Cersei. I think she's going to die later on. So I'm going to say Jamie's going to be the first Lannister to die. Take him at plus 200. Next is who's going to be the first start to die. You have Arya, our girl, at minus 140, the baddest, the baddest babe of them all. She's at minus 140 to be the first start to die. Then we have Sansa at plus 200. And then Bronn at plus 250. Look, I'm going Sansa here. I'm going Sansa plus 200. I feel like maybe Cersei's going to kill her. I don't know. I feel like she might finally finally knock her out. Finally knock her out. And I'm not a big Sansa guy. I'm just not a big Sansa guy. The way she acted seasons one through four still just drives me nuts. Holy cow. Goodness gracious. One main reason I hate babies is how she acted seasons one through four. Right there. Next I have the last Game of Thrones bet I have for y'all. Who's going to be the first Greyjoy to die? You have Yara at plus 110, Euron at plus 140, and Theon at plus 200. Honestly, I could see this one going e- any, either way. I could see it going either way, but I am going to say, oh my gosh. I'm going to say Euron here, plus 140. I'm going to give him, give me Euron, plus 140. He's one, Euron's a cool dude. He's one of my favorite. If he was on the show more, he probably would have cracked the top 10 best characters, but he didn't, so I'm going to take him the first Greyjoy to die in this upcoming season. Alright, next segment. One of my, what's going to be probably y'all's favorite segment for the next couple of months. We have the Reek of the Week. That's right, Reek of the Week. You don't want to be this guy. We all remember Reek. When old Theon made, or old Ramsey made Theon change his name to Reek. Or made just put it in his mind that his name is Reek. You don't want to be Reek. I tell you that. You don't want to be Reek. So let's see who's this week's Reek of the Week on the field. And let's see who's this week's Reek of the Week off the field. Let's start with on the field. Where hey, it's gotta be, it's gotta be for it's gotta be Florida. It's gotta be Florida's pitching staff. The whole pitching staff. When you give up 49 hits and 40 and 40 runs in three games, come on now. Are you kidding me? That's why you're the reek of the week. That's why you're the biggest loser of this week. Because you blew an eight-run lead to T-Sun. You blew an eight-run lead. You're Florida Gators. You've been to Omaha four straight, four straight years. And you're sitting here, blow an eight-run lead, and give up 40 runs on 49 hits in three games. Are you kidding me, O'Sullivan? That's why you're this week's... That's why you're the reek of the week, O'Sully. That's why. And hey, you know, I haven't had a Gatorade since Dan Mullen went to Florida. And it's... Paying off, you're starting to suffer, and I love it. Love every single second of it. All right, the reek of the week off the field. It's got to be my man Gary Long. Gary Long, Garrett Lieber. This he's the reek of the week. Let me tell you why. So last weekend we we're at the dude. Beautiful Saturday game. My man brings two beers, two brew pops to the game. Only two. Are you kidding me? Who only brings two brew pops? That's infinity laps, and that's why I'm gonna start calling you Reek from now on, Gary. From now on, you're you're Reek until until somebody else decides. Hey, until somebody else messes up and they take that title from you, Gary. You're the Reek of the week for only bringing two brew pops. 
which and I had to give him beers after that. That's what that was, that was the worst part. I got to keep feeding him beers after that. So Gary, you're the rig of the week, my friend. All right, next segment I have for y'all. This one is titled Three-Eyed Stan. That's right, just like the Three-Eyed Raven, I am Three-Eyed Stan, which means I know everything, I can see everything, and that's why I'm awesome. That's why y'all that's why y'all sometimes call me Mr. Spectacular. The amazing one, the chosen one. That's why y'all call me that. That's why it happens. So let me read you some statements. And I'm going to tell you whether it's like a like a Ramsey Bolton. It's meaning, yeah, it's trash, it's dead. Or it's like a Jon Snow. Oh, yeah, this is going to happen. He's a man. He's going to lead us. This is definitely going to happen. So let's get right to it. Let's get right to it. Number one, Georgia's Emerson Hancock will lead all SEC weekend starters in ERA. Look. This is, this is a Jon Snow statement. This is a Jon Snow statement. I mean, because a wise man once said, if your name is Emerson Hancock, you probably have a big cock. And that's why he's 6-1 on the year with a 1.02 ERA. I think at the end of the year, he still will be leading the SEC weekend, road, weekend starters in ERA. So that's a Jon Snow type statement. Next statement I have for y'all is Ethan Small will have at least 135 Ks at the end of the year. Look, once again, you got to think this is another Jon Snow type statement. You got to think that. So yes, I think this is going to happen. He's already got 79 Ks on the year, which means he only needs 56 more. And you got to think he's got, what, about six six or seven starts left in the regular season, then plus postseason play. Oh, this is going to be a breeze. So yes, that's a Jon Snow type statement. Next, I have Will Etheridge of T-Sun will lead his team, will lead the weekend starters in strikeouts. Will Etheridge will lead T-Sun weekend starters in strikeouts. And he shot, uh-uh, uh-uh. This is a Ramsey Bolton type statement. This ain't going to happen. This thing, that's dead. That's not going to happen. Take that to Bolton. Take that to go feed his hounds because that, that statement's not going to happen. Not going to happen. He's got 27 Ks on the year, and which honestly is not that many to be a Friday night guy. Not that many. He pitches to contact, though. That's what he does. But their Saturday guy, uh, or Saturday or Sunday, Mr. Nikasi, Mr. Doug, has, he has 35 right now. And honestly, I think he has, he has better strikeout stuff, so that's why we're saying that Will Etheridge leading T-Sun Weekend stars and strikeouts is a Ramsey Bolton type statement. Get that out of here. That's dead. Last statement. We have, I will not get to second base this weekend. Hmm. That's a definite Ramsey Bolton statement. That's a 106 Ramsey Bolton statement. That's like a Ramsey and Joffrey getting together type of statement. Because that's not going to happen. Your boy's definitely getting to second base this weekend. I got a big time wedding. I'm sorry, Bulldog Faithful. I know I won't be in I won't be in Starville, but I got a big time wedding in New Orleans where it's gonna be babes galore. Probably gonna be the fanciest wedding I ever go to. There's gonna be so many babes. My dear friend Miss Ashley Hamby's getting married. And she was Miss Mississippi Miss Mississippi at one point. So you know there's just gonna be plenty of babes. And honestly, I might meet might meet my future wife. The future Mrs. Parks might be there this weekend. So that's why we're saying that 
I will not get to second base this weekend is a total Ramsey Bolton mixed with Joffrey type of statement because that is trash. That is dead because I'm getting to at least second base. At least. All right, my dudes and babes, last segment of the day. Last segment of the episode. It's been one heck of an episode. It's been awesome. Game of Thrones time, baby. I'm getting jacked. So last segment I have is called Bend the Knee. That's right. We're going to do, do this weekend's predictions. Who will be bending the knee to who? And let's get right into it. I got a, my record's 19-8-1 heading into this weekend. 19-8-1. I'm calling the series winners for the SEC series, all the SEC series thus far. My apologies. Which honestly isn't that great. It's not bad. It's not good. It's just completely Irish. But hey, I'm about to start heating up because I heat up with the weather. I just start, I get better when it gets hotter outside. Everybody knows that about me. I get better with the babes, get better with my, my mind. Everybody knows that. So let's keep it rolling. First one, we have Auburn at AM. Auburn at AM. Auburn coming off a series loss to Arkansas. AM coming off a series loss to LSU. I got AM taking two or three. So Auburn will be bending the knee here. Then we got Georgia at Tennessee. This could be a letdown weekend for Georgia. Coming off a big series win over Vandy, traveling to Knoxville, uh, where, where the crowds aren't as big, might not less of an atmosphere. Could be a trap game for Georgia. Could be trapped by saying Georgia gets two or three. I bet Tennessee gets one. So I'm saying Tennessee bends the knee to Georgia. Then we got the Cox at Florida. Cox coming off losing two or three to Bama. Then we got Florida coming off getting swept by T-Sun. Sheesh, both these guys need huge weekends. Both these teams need it desperately. But I'm giving the advantage to Florida here. I'm saying that Florida will take two or three, so the Cox will be bending the knee here. Then we got LSU at Mizzou. LSU at Mizzou, as we all know, Missouri's got a solid weekend staff. Missouri's got a solid weekend staff, which I think will be allow them to get one win this weekend. I think it gets them one win, so LSU, they're starting to play a lot better. Their pitching starting to roll. They're starting to hit. To plant the seed in you, starting to plant seeds in everybody. So I'm saying Missouri will bend the knee to LSU. LSU takes two or three. Then we got Hogs at Vandy. Two powerhouses here. We got the Hogs coming off a big road series win at Auburn this past weekend. Then Vandy losing two or three at Georgia. I don't. You don't want to play Vandy after losing the series. Uh, so I'm going. I'm going Vandy two or three here. Give me a Vandy two or three. The Hogs will be bending the knee to the Commodores of Vandy. And we got Kentucky. Kentucky traveling to Ox Nasty, Mississippi to take on the Rebs. And I, oof, Kentucky's got that one Friday night guy. What's his name? Zach Thompson, I believe. He's a stud. I think Kentucky gets one win. I think they get a win. But t takes two or three. Cats bend the knee to the Rebs. <laughs> Excuse me. Then last but not least, we have Bama at the Dogs. And, oh, goodness gracious, Bama. You will definitely be bending the knee here. It's going to be an easy sweep. This is Super Bulldog weekend. Playing in front of crowds of 15,000. I mean, if I was Bama, I would show up show up to Duty Noble on Friday. And before even playing the game, I will just bend the knee immediately. Bend the knee. It would be better for them, honestly, because they get to start watching the Masters a little bit. You know, they're all thinking about it. Then they can focus on Game of Thrones. And honestly, even they get a little rest. So if I was Bama this weekend, I would bend the knee on Friday night saying, hey, we don't want to play y'all because y'all are going to sweep us. And that's what's going to happen. I got dogs sweeping Bama. So that's for you. I got AM taking two or three from Auburn, Georgia two or three from the Vols, 
Florida, two or three from the Cox. LSU, two or three from Missouri. Vandy, two or three from the Hogs of Lou Pig. T-Sun, two or three from Kentucky. And a dog sweep from Super Bulldog Weekend. A big time Sunday's going to happen. Dog sweep in Bama. Bama bending the knee. Hey, and that's all I have for y'all today. Thank y'all for listening to Son of a Pitch. And I'll see you next week, fools.